would turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and uh, I don't know if y'all, y'all won't believe this, it's a little side commercial, and uh, Emily, you may be the only one in here, e- Emily, take note, how many of y'all know who Merle Haggard is? Nobody but Keaton in our whole youth group knew who Merle Haggard was. Isn't that terrible? Well, yeah, Keaton and Tristan are only two. Can y'all believe that? They're like, no. We don't watch much TV. I said, it's not TV. They're the singer. <laughs> uh, so if you don't know who Merle Haggard, you probably won't know who Jerry uh, Clower is, but... uh. He tells a story uh, and kind of wondering how fights might start on Thanksgiving. He tells a story about they were poor, kind of meek homes, and uh, it was around the holiday season, and uh, they had all had a little bit to eat, and there was one chicken leg left in the plate in the center of the table. Everyone was staring at it. No one was about to grab it, and all of a sudden a breeze blew through the house and blew the lamp out, and about immediately, who he called Uncle Versy screamed out in pain, and somebody got the light lit, the, the light lit back, and uh, there were seven forks in the back of Uncle Versy's hand. <laughs> they all went for the chicken while uh, that would start a fight. I saw a picture I was going to show you. I had to improvise uh, with that story about how the fight start on Thanksgiving, and it's a pie, and uh, somebody cut the center out of it and ate the center and left all the outside. Uh, that might start a fight. Uh, we think about Thanksgiving a lot of times and uh, as a day of excesses. Uh, somebody wrote this. You may know that you overdid it when the paramedics have to bring the jaws of life to get you out of the easy boy. And... Uh, that could have been me yesterday. I didn't do much yesterday. I sat around most of the day. Uh, you receive a sumo wrestler application in the, uh, your email folder. Uh, that could be true of me also. And uh, this could also be true. You prick your finger for your cholesterol screening and you get gravy. So uh, if, you've, if you had a day of excesses, I hope they were good and now you can work them out. I did think this was funny. Some of y'all probably seen this. I saw it on Facebook, I think. Y'all saw Dolly Parton at the Cowboys game, no doubt, and uh, there's a bunch of little memes on there. This lady sits down, and uh, she takes a bite of one of them Christmas tree cakes, and about the time she pops up there, she just spits that cake out, you know, looking at her because the 77-year-old with however they made her up, but I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but this morning, right after church, we have a feast. We have a uh, uh, stews and chili and uh, soups. I'm not sure what's out there, but there will be plenty, and you're all invited to stay. We always have more than enough, and the soups and stews go so far. I made lasagna soup. If you've never had that, it's pretty good. Uh and there's other soups are there's two they smelt good out there i know this morning during sunday school but uh we're welcome to stay this morning kind of get away from that leftovers maybe of thanksgiving uh but we live in a land of plenty we truly have a lot of uh blessings we have a lot to be thankful for and 
Uh, the last couple of weeks, I've given you an opportunity to share some of the things that you've had to be thankful for, and today's passage deals a lot with Thanksgiving, and uh, uh, but in ways you may not expect. So I'm glad you're here, and I hope you're glad you're here. Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine, uh, and I'm going to read out of the NIV, and then I'm kind of going to go back out of the New King James as we look at these individually. But Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine, starting down in verse ten. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of your seed and will enlarge your harvest and your righteousness uh, of your righteousnesses. Uh, you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will rest in thanksgiving to God. So I want you to catch that spirit of thanksgiving there. Paul's writing, he says, through the, your generosity you're going to it's going to result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. There is also another thanksgiving expression because the service by which you have proven your uh, yourselves, men will praise God because of the services that you have proven yourself uh, for the allegiance, for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and for your generosity in sharing with them, with everyone else, and their prayers for their hearts will go out to you and for you because of the surpassing grace that God has given you. Thanks be to God for this incredible gift. Now, what what this is talking about this morning uh, are things that we have to be thankful for, and uh, we're, we're thankful for all the way God has blessed us, but if we're truly thankful, uh, we'll be thankful in blessing others. That's the way we have Thanksgiving. And we, we talked the last couple of weeks of how to be thankful, and when we're in the water, when, we're, when, we're, uh, when things seem to be sinking. But this is another ideal of thankful, because I think when we have, we're thankful all the time. I mean, maybe through this uh, Thanksgiving season, you've thought of a lot of things that you've been thankful for. But here's some things we might not have thought about. So in 2 Corinthians, the subject of, of chapters 8 and 9, 8 and 9 is Paul is organizing a collection for the poor saints in Judea. So this scripture, we just jumped in the middle of this. Uh, he, he gives an example, then he talks about uh, because of their obedience, God will increase their righteousness and their thanksgiving will come because of their obedience. So that's what Paul's talking about. The, the, the Christians or the, those in Judea, there had been a severe famine in the land during this time. Their, uh, Christians were being persecuted even during that time from the Jews. They were receiving persecution, and we've talked about that before. So Paul's urging the church at Corinth to be generous in their gifts. So that's, that's what he's talking about here. And our passage today comes right after a, a passage that we're, we're really usually familiar with, and it says this uh, in 2 Corinthians 9, 7. It says, So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, most of us know that passage of Scripture, <clears throat> and we can quote that passage of Scripture, and a lot of times it gives us off the hook because uh, we say, well, this is all I could give joyfully. Anything before that would be grudgingly. Uh, and uh, if you say, well, how in the world have you twisted a Thanksgiving message around 
uh, about giving. Well, I'm not talking just about giving uh, money today. So uh, if you say every time I come to that church, he preaches on money, you haven't been here very often because I think I've been at this church for 27 years or 28 years, and I may have preached twice or three times on giving. So uh, if you say that, you're, you're indicting yourself uh, over the years. Uh, but I do want us to give this some thought, and it's not a sermon primarily on giving, so stay with me. Uh, I understand people are, uh, when you talk, I had a preacher from this county say, uh, I never will ever preach on giving from my pulpit. And I said, why not? And he said, because it turns people off, they may not come back. Well, uh, the way I read God's Word, we're supposed to preach all of God's Word. You believe that? A few of you say amen. Some of you say, well, I'm, well okay, except for giving. I understand uh, that, that that gets personal. All right, But listen, think about when we give, we are giving back to the church. We're giving to God, and it's used for God's purpose of building His kingdom. That's what churches do, and we... We share our money with a lot of different groups uh, that are missionaries and go to different places. So just be aware of that. I'm keenly aware of the, of the uh, stigma that comes with churches and with giving. I, uh, I thought about the story about the limbo was invented by a Baptist deacon trying to get in a 10-cent pay toilet without touching anything, without paying. When I thought about that, who remembers 10-cent pay toilets? You know... You used to go to Kmart. If you wanted to go to the toilet, you had to put a dime in the door to open the door to go to the bathroom. Now, that, that hadn't been that long ago. Colton, you don't remember any pay toilets? When Denise and I got married, which will soon be 40 years from now, she got sick on our honeymoon night. Somebody go, oh. She either faked the sickness or she was sick. <laughs> She was sick, she said. We flew to Denver, Colorado. We landed in Denver. She was sick when we landed. She got off. She ran into the bathroom. What did they have? Pay toilets. <laughs> so she pushed some woman out of the way that had paid to go to the toilet so she could charge in front of her and uh, throw up or whatever she had to do that day. But there, there were pay toilets. Y'all know what the limbo is, so uh, uh, but I am keenly aware of how people think when churches start talking about money. But I want us to give this thought with Thanksgiving, uh, not only the purpose in our heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity did we give, but God loved the cheerful giver. But in 2 Corinthians 6, 9, uh, it says, But I say this, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountiful will also reap bountiful. This is known as the law of the harvest. You sow a little bit, you reap a little bit. You sow a little more, you reap a little more. That's, that's the law of the harvest. You know, whatever we sow, we also reap. So if you plant more seeds, you're going to get more, uh, you're going to reap more benefit. If you plant less seeds, you're going to reap uh, less benefit. And that's what, that's what the law of the harvest is about, and that's what Paul is speaking about to the church at Corinth. And he's talking about that spirit of thanksgiving, but he's also talking about the law of the harvest. So what's all this about giving? So bear with me through this. Giving is a language of love. Do you agree with that? Giving is a language of love. Now, what do we, how do we show our love? 
We show our love by giving, don't we? We give affection. That's showing our love. We, we give to meet material love. That's showing our love. We give gifts. We're in, the, we're in the holiday season. We're in the Christmas season. And there's fixing to be a time of giving gifts. And we look for gifts. And we want to share a gift with somebody to show our love to them. So true, true giving is about the attitude of the heart, and it's about love. So we give to show our love, and God set an example that God showed his love. The Bible says he demonstrated his love for us, yet while we were sinners, he sent his Son. And, of course, we all know John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So what that passage said is God so loved the world that he gave. So just with that ideal of, of the ideal of the giving is a language of love, and we're around Thanksgiving, we're around Christmas holidays, we are the object of God's love. Think about that. Have you ever thought of yourself as the object of God's love? We all have people on earth that are the object of our love. You know, it may be a spouse, it may be our children, it may be our families, it may be all of those things. They're the object of our love, but, but you and I are the object of God's love. So staying with this ideal of a farming analogy, Paul writes this, Now, uh, may he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So we understand farming, and you know a Sunday school answer, if we were talking about this in Sunday school, a kid growing up, we could talk about crops, and uh, it would be very right in saying God produces the seeds, and then God gives us fertile soil, and God gives rain to the seeds, and they grow, and God waters the crops, and God causes the plants to grow, and then uh, often things go through the process. We understand that analogy of farming because it's something we've seen. Maybe it's something you do. But I want us to think about how does that relate to us and how did that relate to the church at Corinth? So I, I kind of listed the thing. The seeds that we sow are seeds of righteousness as Christians. That righteousness means a right relationship with God. So we're out sowing seeds of righteousness, so we need to... We need to be like a crop in the field, and, and all of that righteousness comes from God. All we're to do is to sow the seeds. Just like a farmer, the seeds were created by God. Now, A&M may have improved on them and changed them, and I didn't even know. If you plant a certain kind of oats, did you know you have to buy them from A&M, and then they get a royalty off of that? had no idea because they created that. But so So... Thinking about that, the seeds created from God. So we're sowing seeds of righteousness from God. They're not of our own. There's nothing, thing we, nothing that we can do about it. The, the righteousness that we possess is only that which God works through us, and it's God's seed of righteousness. Excuse me, I didn't have a peppermint. I may have to have a drink of water. I've got some down here, so don't worry about it. But uh, so... Listen to this. I love this passage of scripture in James chapter one. This is I'm talking about these seeds being of God. Don't be deceived, my brethren. Every good and gift is from uh, every good and perfect gift is from the Father above. Excuse me. Now I'm slobbering. It comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So, only the good and perfect gift comes through God, and He shows the righteousness. 
that God desires for us. This is JC's. What's floating in there? Thank you. So, sorry that I had to take that U-turn. So, every good gift is from God above. So, anything we have that's good, anything we have that's perfect, came from God. I always go back to that story of Jimmy Stewart in uh, Shenandoah. Is that the name of the movie where he has all the kids? He sits down at the table and he prays. Y'all remember his prayer? He says, uh, God, we're going to come and we're going to thank you for the land, for all that we have, for our barns, for our horses. If it wasn't for us, we wouldn't have any of it. If it wasn't for our hard work, we wouldn't have any of this stuff. It's because of all we've done. That, that prayer, he simply turns into, it's all about him and his family. Without me, without us, and without our work, we didn't have anything. But that's just not the truth. God provides for us that we might use it to multiply and sow seeds to others. Now, we started out, Paul is talking about giving to another church. He's talking about giving uh, material possessions to meet their needs. But I want us to think beyond that. God has given us fruits of righteousness, and we're to sow them to others that they might have a spirit of thanksgiving. Hosea says, sow for yourself righteousness, reap in mercy, break up fallowed ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and reigns righteous on you. So so he sent us to sow out the seeds of righteousness. That's what Hosea is saying. So that's what we're to do. We're to sow out the seeds of righteousness. When we sow righteousness and goodness, the treasures that we have, those material things on earth, the things that God has blessed us with, the things that God has given us with, when we sow those things, they're even material good, they're, they're sown because of our love for others. Now, again, go back to just to thinking about giving to church. When we give to church, so many people miss the ideal that we're doing that out of love for God that it might benefit others. Listen to what uh, Micah, uh, Matthew 6.21 says. Ma- Matthew 6.21 says, For where our treasure is, there will our heart be also. So what's happening here is God's pointing out our righteousness, the treasures, the things we love, that's where our heart's going to be. And Second Corinthians, Paul comes back and says, while you are enriching in everything for all, that causes thanksgiving to God through us. Now, I want you to think about this. This is something I learned as I was getting this ready. The more we give, we cause others to be thankful. You ever thought about that? What you do whether it's giving your time, talents, your resources, you cause others to be thankful. Now, let me give you an example of that. Just think about this. Have you ever prayed for something? Maybe somebody met a need. Maybe you had a need. Maybe you've, maybe you've gone and met someone's need, and they thank you, and they say, oh, we appreciate that so much. We needed it so much. And who knows, a lot of them will go back and say, God, I want to thank you so much for the gift that you provided me. So what have you done? You've led that person to the point of thanksgiving. And that's what Paul's telling the church. He's, he's saying through our giving, we're causing others to go to thanksgiving to God through us. Isn't that great? When we think about a spirit of thanksgiving, think how you can lead 
others to the point of thanksgiving through your actions, through what you do. Now, again, uh, 2 Corinthians 4.15, For all things that are for your sake, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound in the glory of God. You see that connection? If you, if you see nothing else this morning, make careful note that giving thanksgiving to God goes hand in hand with giving glory to God and praising God. Those things go hand in hand. Those things go together. Matthew five sixteen says, So let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and that they might glorify your Father in heaven. So a spirit of thanksgiving is through our giving to others through a heart of love. A spirit of thanksgiving is others might see our actions. Others might see uh, how we respond. Uh, Luke twelve twenty one says, Lay not yourself treasures in heaven. Uh, lay not for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and dust comes and destroy, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, I read the wrong scripture. Luke 12, 12 21 says, So he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God is rich towards God. So the rich man could easily have stored up treasures. I have just butchered this up. Where I'm headed, y'all remember this story about the rich man who had built more barns and planted more seeds and got a bigger crop. And what did the, what did the Lord say? He said, today, uh, the rich man said, I'm going to keep laying treasures on earth. I'm going to keep laying treasures on earth. I'm going to keep laying on treasures on earth. And God says, you fool, this very night, your soul will be required of you. So those who lay treasures for themselves on earth are not rich towards God. Now, that's not saying that we don't provide for our future. I, Gwendolyn and Roy's not here this morning, but they gave me a retirement gift, and it's a set of dice, big dice, and it says uh, sleep late, stand recliner. Uh, it, you just roll them, and they said, whatever comes up, what you're supposed to do that day. And uh, they all sound pretty good. Uh, but so 40 years ago, I started laying up retirement for today, for next month, actually. So that's not what this is talking about. This is talking about he who invests his life in laying up treasures on earth uh, for their own benefit. And that rich man that, that Christ was talking to, that farmer that laid up all those treasures and never gave back, he said, you fool your life will be required, and what if you have to show for that? So, Second Corinthians nine twelve for the administration of service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is bounding through many, bringing thanksgiving to God. So here's another example of Paul. That was Scripture nine twelve, where Paul uses the Greek word service. So when we serve others. That brings thanksgiving to God. In the temple, there were those who went to the temple and served. That brought thanksgiving to God. That brings abounding thankfulness to others. I want to give you an example of something. Denise and I, uh, we sponsor a couple of kids in Jamaica. I know some of y'all also sponsor some kids in Jamaica. I think I've told you uh, they have to pay to go to school. They have to buy everything. It's not free like it is over here. So if the parents or the, the, the family can't afford to send their kids to school, they just don't get to go. You say, well, what do they do? Well, they just don't do anything. They work. They don't, they're, they're there in town. Um, and it's interesting to me 
that we get letters occasionally from those students. We get letters from uh, this mission group in, in uh, uh, Jamaica that says, we're praying for you. Now, isn't that interesting? They're, they're, they're in poverty, you would say. They don't have much on their own. They can't go to school. They can't afford to send their kids to school. But they'll write a letter with thanksgiving saying, we're praying for you. And I want you to think about Second Corinthians says, And by their prayer for you, who long for you because of the exceeding grace of God in you. What's happening here is this church in Corinth is providing means for a church that's much bigger, that's much better off than they are. But Paul is saying, give what you can for this church because you're leading them to that point of thanksgiving. Then towards the last, Paul says this, thanks be to God for his undescribable gift. All is done in the light of this. That, that Greek word there is cherish, which means translated to grace. When we give back to God, it's the grace of God that we experience. We experience an incredible gift. Romans 11 says, Oh, the depths of the riches, both the wisdom of God and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways are past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has become the counselor? Or who is the first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him. For him and through him all things are, and all things are given. To him be all glory forever and forever. Amen. I want to ask you to bow your heads. I want you to think about this this morning. I know I've kind of been uh, all over the map a little bit and uh, slobbering and getting through things up here, but, but I want you to think about the spirit of thanksgiving. Have you ever thought about your giving whether it's your resources, whether it's your time, whether it's your talents, whether it's your service, that leads others to the point of thanksgiving. That's what Paul's teaching the church there at Corinth. He's teaching them that through their gift that's causing others to be thankful. So this holiday season, as we think about thanksgiving, we think about giving back to others, I want you to remember that Thanksgiving and our giving of gifts and our giving to others leads people to that point and that spirit of thanksgiving. Father, this morning, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come together, Lord. I thank you for the truth of your word, knowing that we are thankful in many ways, but Father, through our gifts to others, uh, whatever they may be, we cause others to be thankful. We lead them to that point of thanksgiving, Father. And, Lord, I thank you for that truth, Lord. I pray today that you'd be with us as we eat together in just a moment. I pray, Father, that you'd bless one each one here, Father. I pray that we'd keep that mind of thanksgiving throughout this time of the year. And I pray that we'd remember the, the gift that you give, the object of our faith, of, our, of your love is us. And, Father, that we demonstrate our love through our gifts to others. So, Lord, I pray... However you've blessed us, whether it be resources, whether it be talents, times, uh, whether it be just uh, words of encouragement, Lord, I pray that we'd follow you. Uh, and, Father, we'd use that gift that you've given us to bring thanksgiving to you. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.